Welcome back, YouTube. Uh, this is Daniel and Matt with the Big Mac Podcast. We have a special guest for you today. We're actually talking about immigration. This is part two of a two-part series. We have Miss Natalia here. We that's uh, AKA Big Red, AKA Red Dawn, AKA Rush Billy, which she is going to have to elaborate on. Matt, what do you have to say today? Anything? Um, guys, uh, we're gonna have a little bit less scripted episode today. It should be pretty fun. We're gonna delve into some. Russia issues, or maybe not Russia issues. <laughs> Russia, <laughs> Russia, Russia information, I guess. Um, That's right. So no, no Russia collusion. I guess this is Russia collusion. Yeah. yeah. Hey, here we go. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, get ready to rock and roll, guys. Uh, here we go. All right. Hello, ladies and gents. Thank you for tuning in to another wonderful episode of the Tri Cities most riveting and informative show. Live from the hills of the Appalachias, the Mick Mac Podcast, where your conservative libertarian hosts, Daniel McRae and Matt McRum, talk with you about some of today's most important issues and discuss how they affect you, the freedom-loving citizens of Northeastern Tennessee. So, light your cigar, pour a glass of your favorite bourbon, kick up your feet, and get ready to dive right in. This is the Mick Mac Podcast. You mentioned my name is Natalia Nice. I'm originally from Russia. Moved over here in this area about 2007. Visited this area shortly before then in 2005 and um, fell in love with this area. Wait, so, wait, back up. How did you get to, how did you just randomly choose here? The straight yeah. international flight from Moscow to Trusties. Plane ran out of gas <laughs> yes. or something. Yeah. <laughs> ran out of gas. <laughs> yeah, you may not have been aware of this, but there is a flight like now. I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> flew into New York. Mm -hmm. uh, my first trip to the United States was as a, a uh, work and travel student. If you guys ever go to places like Gatlinburg, Tennessee, and you meet a nice young server somewhere uh, who sounds to like they have a European accent, they chances are they're there for that program. You know, just there's actually yeah, I used to work in the ER over in Superville and uh they there's ton there's tons of Russian people. It's mm. just randomly. They do like henna tattoos and stuff like that. Like yeah. they do it at the beach. They do it like go to Myrtle Beach and there's lots yeah. of Russian people. Yeah. yeah. So your tourist hubs like Gatlinburg, Myrtle Beach, um Ocean City, Maryland, they're all gonna have these students coming in for the summer. And those programs are called uh, work and travel. So these are typically students in their early 20s that just come over for the program for the duration of the summer. And um, I believe that they're only supposed to stay during the summer and then leave. And the vast majority of them stays here mm. because they just happen to love it. Okay. Well, yeah, we're going to get into why they would love it and what exactly. the, you know, the differences yeah. are. Yeah. So, tell us why you chose America and not like another Western nation, like the UK first, or something First, like how that. did you get, I mean, how, what's the process of going through that student thing? All right. So, um, on my first trip here, like I mentioned, I how was How did you student. get, how did, like, is there like yeah. a lottery system no, or? No. no. Um, this you is should, something that. You have to that, apply. You have to apply for it? Yes. Like okay. You have to satisfy certain criteria. Okay. You have to be a student at a certain year at your uh, school, your college. So you can't be first first year student. You can't be the last year student. You have to be somewhere in between. And typically, you uh, provide some financing for that program. Um, so you have agencies that work with students like that. They usually come recruit students who are interested, who are able to afford this because you do travel on your dime. 
you know, you sponsor your tickets, you sponsor a, a lot of stuff. And then as you are staying here in the United States on the program, you also earn your living. Mm. So nobody actually divvies up money to you and just uh, gives it to you for free. Um, but what typically happens, there's an agency that recruits these young folks for certain companies. In my case, it was Westgate Resorts. And they were looking for young folks that would do housekeeping, cleaning, cooking, whatever was required. Um, cheap labor force for them. They didn't have to pay any kind of, um, I don't know, your usual benefits like uh, health insurance. You know, you don't have to worry about retirement benefits. So, in and usually you pay a minimum wage, make sure that they have a nice place to stay, clean place to stay. Oh, at a um, resort? Were you staying at the resort? Uh, no. No. Wishful thing. Well, we actually had a little um, bungalow area with a private pool, so no, no complaints there at all. Much better than what I would have seen in Russia as a student in a dormitory. Wait, I know. Communism makes everything better. Or, it, yes, it does. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. And then, uh, so you have your parent. you came here first and then you brought your parents, correct, or no? Um, well, that was my first trip, and that's how I met my ex-husband. Mm. So um, I have settled in this area through my ex-husband. Mm. Um, we met in the summer of 2005. Uh, we got married shortly after I went back to finish my degree because there was no way that my mom would let me not finish and it. what was your degree in? Uh, translation. Nice. Oh. So, yeah, I got my first degree in Russia because um, I already had about four years in, so I only needed one more year to finish. And then after that, um, I have worked through the uh, wife visa. And when all of that had been processed and approved, I came back to the United States, mm. at which point uh, my ex-husband and I had um, a little baby on the way. So and she actually was born in Russia because... Um, I chose to not fly eight months pregnant. <laughs> yeah, so. right, I understand that. Now, it, so is she a Russian citizen also? She is. She is a okay. dual citizen. Does she speak Russian? Uh, very little, you know, very little. That, that Russian citizenship is <laughs> going to come in handy, you know. <laughs> um, she might never use it, unfortunately. Yeah. Well, they have a lower income tax, 15%, right, across the board. Steven Seagal is a right, he denounced his American <laughs> citizenship, that right. traitor. Anyway, um, Sorry. Yeah, no, so so uh, once again, back to that first question. So why choose America, not some other Western country like the U.K. or some someone like that? Right. Um, I have always been fascinated by the United States. Um, always liked the music that came out of the United States. Uh, I grew up listening to a lot of rock bands of the 80s and 70s. Culturally, in terms of music and television, Russia had been a little bit behind, so... Growing up in the 90s, I was introduced to the 70s and 80s rock. <laughs> okay. So, Who's uh, your favorite band? Um, Van Halen. Well, yeah. no. Uh, that would be Guns N' Roses. I have several. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Guns N' Roses, Metallica. Okay. <clears throat> Isn't it funny how, how music translates across the yeah. language barriers? Oh, Did yeah. you understand English then? Not when I was little, no. I just tried to sing along, and it was a bunch of gibberish that was coming out. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so it was my first goal to learn learn English. Okay. Did you Did you get into grunge at all? Uh, I like some. I like some. What is bands. What, like Nirvana? Nirvana is that grunge? Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. that just popped on the scene and kind of killed yeah. the yeah. whole hairband situation. Yeah. 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 Them in Soundgarden. Yeah. 
Yeah. Pearl Jam. Yeah. Pearl Jam. Yep. Can't understand anything he says anyway, so <laughs> that's, a, that's a perfect barrier language. Band. Well, it, it sounded very similar to like some drunk singing. Yeah. He uh, still sounds drunk. When he, <laughs> I mean, you can't understand anything. <laughs> He's saying. Who? So, yeah. um, from Pearl Jam. And that's exactly that. That used to be my favorite stuff to sing along because you know, all you needed to do was be drunk. Yeah. Make noise. Make <laughs> <Yeah. Yeah>. noise. <laughs> A better um. man. <laughs> <laughs> what was that? Yeah. yeah. So, um. uh, so let's uh, let's compare and, con- and contrast uh, our cultures here, sisters. So we, our first article is up. Mm-hmm. Um, so if, you know, we want to take a little bit of look at that, uh, Miss Shannon. If you uh, want to read that for us, it'd be nice. Oh sure. So. And then anytime you want to interject, Natalia, just go ahead. Sure. Yeah. Cultural differences between Russia and the United States. So. And this is just kind of you know like talking points. It's not yeah. exact. I mean, we don't know. <laughs> we haven't reviewed these articles. It's just yeah. uh, these might be misconceptions or whatever. But we've got a, a Russian expert here. So. Yeah. <laughs> well. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's see. Let's see where this goes. So uh, everyone who has traveled at least once in their life knows that from time to time you come across a situation when following common rules you face misunderstanding or put yourself in an awkward situation. As a rule, these are common everyday situations which you can face daily. The reason for this is cultural differences. Therefore, we decided to find out what differences there are between Russian and American cultures and to tell you about them. We tried not to base on our own assumptions, but to look at the situation objectively on the internet, we found opinions of Americans who visited Russia and Russians who visited America. So I, I want to know, does every Russian girl have one of these bubble chairs? I don't. You don't? <laughs> no. Are you sure? Yeah, I'm sure. Oh, okay. <laughs> but you got a friend that's she, got one, right? She lo- yeah, exactly. <laughs> it looks pretty comfortable, honestly, yeah, and I feel like she, cool. she seems like she takes that with her everywhere. I don't well, know. Do you, I mean, I wonder if this is like a post-COVID world uh, contraption. Right. Or, Possibly. Yeah. Some areas of Russia are plagued by mosquitoes and gnats. Mm-hmm. This could be that. I, I read that the bears at, like around Lake Baikal, they live on mosquitoes. Like, they can literally open their mouth and just bite into the air because of the mosquito. Good Lord. That's crazy. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I don't think people hang out in those places, but... <laughs> people do. <laughs> do they? Oh, yeah. Because they're oh, Russian yeah. and yeah. they're drinking a lot of vodka. No, I'm just well, kidding. <laughs> um, I don't think the mosquitoes like vodka. No. I don't know where I heard that. <laughs> no. You'd be surprised by Russian mosquitoes. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. I bet they're just muscular. <laughs> yeah. They, yeah. They're like the special Chernobyl breed. <laughs> yeah, okay. That's All right. right. Yeah. Uh, I wouldn't want to mess with one. I'll yeah. No. Um, so it says uh, Russia, Russians are very cold and reserved when they're in public. Um, and I would like to comment on that. Mm-hmm. Yes. It says, what do, what do a pineapple, coconut, watermelon all have in common? Americans often compare Russians to them. <laughs> Soft and tasty on the inside, but bitter and hard on the outside. Hmm. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. So, tell us, so tell us about that. Go ahead, Natty. What were you yeah, going to say? So um, when I was in Russia working on my first degree as a translator, um, Part of my curriculum involved assisting American students who came over to my hometown and they needed a guide, they needed a local local guide. And so they were my first source of these differences, you know, how do people in Russia uh, compare to people in America, how are both perceived by both sides. So I will tell you that um, the first thing they always noticed was the fact that Russian people don't smile the way Americans do. 
you know, there's a certain term uh, coined, I believe, in this country, but used widely in Russia, and it's called the Hollywood smile, the perfect smile. Mm. People in Russia generally don't smile showing all of their teeth. Mm. has nothing to do with dental care. <laughs> that is just the way uh, culturally it's been for, for many decades. It's very stoic. It's, it's a more of a polite, like, uh-huh. You know, maybe even semi-skeptical. Um, Americans always have big, wide smiles, and it's like the first difference that really strikes you when you I, visit Russia. Hey, uh, I watched or I, I read and watched this uh, guy's accounts. He was uh, visiting the United States in <clears throat> in the fifties, mm-hmm. and uh, he was talking about how stupid Americans looked with their big, dumb grins all the time. Uh, like smiling at you, like just happy to be alive smiles yeah. where, you know, in Russia, he was like, what? There's not that much. Like, why are you smiling all the time? Are you right. happy all right. the time? Right. You know what I mean? It's like Russian smile when they're, if they're happy. Yes. I guess. They, they, well, usually they open up more within and more intimate, closer circles. So family, friends. However, to strangers, they really don't have any reason to be smiling like that. You know, like, oh, okay, whatever. You know, I just keep walking, looking all serious over here. <laughs> so that's typically what the first thing that strikes you. Everybody just minds their business. Uh, I believe a lot of it stems from um, the, the fact that a lot of Russians have a pretty hard life. A lot of them um, still have some memories of the Soviet Union. Nobody wanted to attract attention. Nobody really wanted to be on the radar for looking too happy. So you, you just kind of want it to blend in with the background. Mm. Actually, yeah. sounds like the the uh, saddest uh, city in the United States. I can't remember what it's called, but it's in West Virginia. And of course. <laughs> my friend who came from there, she described it just like you're saying now. They're like, wait, you guys, yeah. are you guys Russian? No. <laughs> that might be. <laughs> yeah, but these people on the bus, they, uh, they all look very much minding our business if this is a new york subway you would it imagine is, people are looking it at is each subway, other what you're looking yeah. at on this picture yeah and yeah. see there are not very many cities in russia that have subway systems mm, i moscow. would assume this is moscow people in moscow are generally not very friendly uh could probably compare their it's lifestyle like DC, to new right? york no right. dc is no. actually more relaxed in my opinion right. new york is has a little bit more of a rat but, but moscow is like the elites um, Moscow is where most people go to make a living, and mm. it's not the easiest thing to do. So, yeah, I guess they don't have many reasons to smile anyway. <laughs> right. right. I so. feel like we I feel like we talked about Russia before. Like, I feel like I talked to you about Russia, like, whenever I started working. Yeah. And you were very much more uh, positive about... Or I maybe, still am. Maybe, maybe, maybe you were more negative about the current administration... Or no, maybe, I don't know. It felt like it was a little bit different kind of. All right, so here's another thing, another difference between Russians and Americans. Russians are very careful about openly voicing who they support politically. Okay, that, you know, that makes sense. There used to be an old joke about um, a Russian citizen sending a letter to the KGB saying, if you caught my parrot, I want you to know I completely disagree with all the statements. <laughs> 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 Um, that's a good one. That's yeah. what that's what you should use in the United States too. Yeah. 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 So, um, you know, people in America are very open about sharing their political views. They're proud of them. People in Russia are usually more reserved. They always want to make sure there is a way out for their statements <clears throat> in case uh, administration changes. 
That's interesting. <coughs> um, and, and that comes from, you know, uh, years of communism and uh, where, you know, you, you had to, in order to survive, you had to be a supporter of communism. You had to be part of can, the party. Can you give us an example of like how you oh, would absolutely. have to support the, how you would have to support as a normal person? Just Well, so you would, <clears throat> you would have, you would experience an early integration into the communist um, life. Um, I was fortunate enough not to go through it, but I know my parents did. So ever since um, their grade school, they had to wear the, uh, what I would call the paraphernalia of communism. They had little badges, they had little uh, red kerchiefs to indicate they were pioneers. So that was your entry level into the Communist Party. You were called a pioneer. Mm, and okay. um, so that mm. indicated you're the <laughs> communist youth. Looks like blood. Uh, well, but then um, as you got older and let's say you went to college, you went on to college. In college, uh, they would assign you a different name, but you were still part of the communist youth. And that used to be called Komsomol, which um, translates into communist youth. And then as you were in college, uh, you had to take a course which was mandatory in history of communism one of the most boring courses uh, in any college you would ever experience. Um, and then, you know, depending on how well you defended uh, the political views of communism, that's how you advanced in your professional life. So, it's party-based. So yes. it's, right. yeah, uh, it's yeah. kind of like what China no. and China, you know, China, if you're not part <laughs> of the party, they don't let you, you're never going to get anywhere. Well, I was getting ready to say, I mean, you know, it's about, is it like one of those deals where you buy to know somebody to get in? Um, yeah. not necessarily, okay. not necessarily. I think it just depended on how uh, loud you were with your oh, okay. uh, proponent position of the communism. So you didn't have to know anybody per se, but it, there was a lot of nepotism too. There was. Okay. Mm -hmm. okay. Um, so anyway, Shannon, we got, what else we got on here? Uh, let's see. Relations between a state and a citizen. So... Okay. Uh, um, in one of the radios, uh, somebody broadcast, which was um, devoted to this topic, American journalist and writer who specializes in the, in the issues of Russia, USSR relations, David Satter, characterized relations between a person and state in the USA and Russia. David worked in Russia for a very long time, and he mentioned that an average Russian citizen has much weaker moral guidelines if speaking about the interaction with the state uh, or a government. In other words, within these uh, relations, Russians are more willingly uh, make concessions and compromise their principles. However, an average American is more suspicious towards his state and does not worship the authority just because it is the authority. So that's just what you were explaining. Used pretty to, much. maybe used to. It's yeah. more of a Fauci, Fauci thing. We go back to that, but anyway, sorry, go ahead. No, no, so, you're fine. Yeah. So, yes, there's some truth to that. I think older generations would... Um, be more prone to do that, to be more uh, trustworthy of the government. Uh, however, when I was growing up, there was already a differentiation between the country and the state. Um, so for Russians, the country was the place you grew up in. There was your family. The your motherland. Mm, no. no, not exactly. I thought you guys used that yeah, word. It didn't, it, basically, <laughs> it, was, it was your experience uh, of living in Russia minus the political connotations. So, you know, it's who you knew, your family, who took care of you, the friends you had, your, you know, your network. Um, and then the state was what incorporated the government, uh, you know, the propaganda that came with it. So um, 
people uh, who have lived through the collapse of the USSR and then the consequent democracy um, in Russia, they have all learned to be somewhat cautious of the government, not necessarily to be very um, trustworthy of its mm. actions, always anticipating some sort of low blow. So can I interject something there? Because uh -huh. that's interesting. Um, for one thing, thank you for like clearing up what a pioneer is. Uh -huh. uh, yeah, Daniel and I right. were listening to um, some YouTube videos before this, just kind of brushing up on mm -hmm. some uh, Russian history and... Um, yeah. They actually talk about that? Yeah, they actually they talk do. about they pioneers. Pioneers. Yeah. And I said, what in the world is a pioneer, you know? <laughs> yeah. so, Not the pioneer, you know, here, no. <laughs> but a, a lot of the people interviewed, you know, when they asked them about, um, you know, what was life like um, mm -hmm. under communism, they, a lot of people, most, the majority, you know, <laughs> talked about it pretty glowingly. Mm -hmm. But then, you know, toward, and, I, and I said to Daniel, you know, I wonder, you know, do they have to? What, you know, what mm -hmm. is this? And then towards the end of the uh, last video, um, when every single one of them, when they were asked, you know, would you like to go back to that system? Every single one of them said no. Right. no. <laughs> They're like, no, it was so amazing, but no. Nah, nah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's great. Exactly. It's, not it's, very, it's very funny. It's kind of, um, I'm sure people are aware, you know, like the show Mad Men, you know, mm -hmm. everything's very glamorized, uh, romanticized. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it's the same thing with, uh, you know, the romantic period in like the 1800s. Everything, you know, everyone's wearing, you know, their corsets and everyone's still proper and stuff. But it's like there is like typhoid. There is uh, polio, malaria. Everyone's dying Syphilis. left and right. Syphilis. Syphilis. Yeah, like yeah. Everybody <laughs> wearing wigs yeah. and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Lice. Yeah. You know, you got the black plague. You know, it's yeah. like maybe it wasn't so good, <laughs> you know. And the same thing yeah. with the 50s is the same same situation, you know, especially yeah. with racism. Yeah. So so that kind of brings me back to the first question, you know, mm. why the United States of America? Why not Australia, for example? Uh, well, because of spiders and snakes. Yes. Yeah. Everything most poisonous lives in Australia, y'all. <laughs> yeah. Um, venomous, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 But um, in, in terms of freedoms, you know, it, it's very easy to observe for somebody who had lived in a post-Soviet Russia, like myself, my parents who have made um, several trips over here, uh, they all notice the difference in how you move around the country. So, for instance, in Russia, um, and I've had this experience with my ex-husband, he um, decided to visit me in Russia um, in the middle of probably one of the coldest winters. Not, not the smartest. <laughs> Sounds move, like a great idea. Yeah, yeah it was. Um, and so the first thing he had to do straight off uh, the plane, he had to go and find a little office, which, you know, I was his guide. I, it wasn't as difficult for him to do. Uh, but find a little office where he had to get a little stamp, a little paper with a stamp that, you know, I've arrived at this point and I'm given an X amount of hours to be allowed to stay at this point without any further uh, actions required. So basically... It's like it, a visa, right? Or well, I mean, the visa, you would think... Visa the visa you would think would take care of uh, explaining what your stated purpose of visit is, where you're going to be located. In Russia, it is not like that. This is for... Tra you're saying so... It, this is like KGB monitoring you, so it's like it is could it checking be, in. It could be still the remnant of the KGB monitoring, but the same system is applied to the citizens. So let's say you live in a certain area in Russia, and you have to travel somewhere outside of that area. Oh, if really? You, yes. Interstate. So interstate. Yes. 
Really? Oh, absolutely. They didn't know that. And, and Russians have to carry their passports on them at all times because you can be stopped on the street at any point by a police officer and they can ask for you to produce your uh, identification and also tell you what exactly you're doing there, how long you're staying there, who you're visiting, who you're staying with, what your, you know, so business. Is that Sounds like you've been through this. Today? <laughs> um, I would assume so. I've not been back since 2016, but that was still the case in 2016. Okay. And as a matter of fact, at that point, I was coming back to visit my family. The only time I've been back, um, mainly because I like freedom. And again, going back to why I'm here in the United States. Yes, why I'm here in the United States. Because I do not want to be stopped on the street every five minutes. And... Uh, well, they can still stop you. You know, in the United States, technically, the officer legally, if they, and, and also too, if they ask you to produce a state issued yeah. ID, you're supposed to. While that is true, yeah. while that is true, in they can't. The, they're not going to force you. They're not going to beat you. You know, no, I've seen some videos of, no. of police officers in Moscow. Yeah. They're like, "Hey, stop doing that and hit you with a <laughs> right. freaking baton." Not, not so, even comparable. Yeah. Right. So I'll tell you a little story to kind of give you an idea of the extremes that it takes in Russia and how you don't really experience that on a daily basis here in the United States. In the 15 years that I've been here, I'm yet to be stopped and frisked anywhere. And I've been to New York and New Orleans and a bunch of D.C., a bunch of other places. Um, but back when my ex was visiting, we were on the train from um, St. Petersburg, Russia, which is the northern city in, in Russia, not to be confused with St. Petersburg, Florida. They chopped down the whole forest <laughs> to build this town in the swamp. Right? Yeah, yeah right. and it hap actually happens to be one of my favorite Russian leaders of all time. Um, but anyway, good, yeah. yeah, well, a little sidetrack there. But yeah. um, So we were on the train from St. Petersburg to Volgograd, and uh, my, husband, my husband had to have one of those stamps that specified, you know, here's Here's the paper that says that he's in this location from such and such time frame. And as we're on the train, and this is an overnight train, um, a couple of police officers approached me, and I'm pretty sure they were tipped off um, that there were foreigners on the train. And so they approached me, and they asked him and myself to produce documents, and he showed his passport and all the little papers that were in the passport and they looked at the paper and they said well by the way your authorization to be in this location expired at midnight and we can officially put you out of the train and we were like in the middle of nowhere um this was early february um 2006 and I mean, if you look out of the window, all you see is just snow, just snow and vastness, nothing else. Oh. And here Put they you are. Out of the plane. Yeah, or out of the, the train. A, a train yeah. 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 If it was a plane, it'd be a little. <laughs> 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 we could technically see, put you out of here. Nothing but clouds. <laughs> <laughs> you have your yeah. you have your parachute. Yeah. So so right then and there, we engaged in a little case of a racketeering. Kira, no. And, yeah. uh, Sorry, guys, my dog. Go you're ahead. fine. Um, and a little bribe negotiating. It was it was very awkward. I never had to bribe pay. negotiating. Yes. How much did that cost? Um. Well, you know, I didn't have much cash on me. Again, we were in the middle of nowhere. There were no ADMs to come and withdraw money in the middle of the night. Uh, so you got shut down. Well, uh, yes, we did. And yeah. what did they do? Um. Well, they just 
they said, well, if you can give us this amount of money, and they slid a little piece of paper across the wow. table. It was like so like old <laughs> mafia you, you movie like, style. You looked at it, and you're amount. like, yeah. well, how about this? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it was very awkward and shady. I mean, it didn't sound very offensive to me at the time. You know, I was just like, where's this going? And so I just gave them whatever cash I had on me to later see the uh, police officers at the um, little bar that they had on the train. So they were drinking beer and stuff. They were like, yeah, on, on duty. America. <laughs> on yeah. duty? Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's hilarious. Yes. So, you know, of course, as soon as we got to uh, my hometown, Volgograd, uh, we had to go to one of those little offices and get him another piece of paper with a stamp that authorized the rest of his stay there. You know that's probably not the first time they've done that. Oh, no, I mean, they probably do. Yeah, it's know, probably the second time that day. They do it every, <laughs> yeah. yeah. They, how they stay drunk. I, I'm, I'm sure that, you know, they have a well-established line of bribes. Do you think that they make just don't make a lot of money and they, that's all the enjoyment in life they get? Um, I think that's part of it. And then they probably look at uh, American citizens who come to visit thinking they're loaded with bunches of money. You know, why would $50 hurt them? You know, what, what kind of exchange is it like if, you know, if we'll say your rent here is a thousand dollars a month for like, I mean, a somewhat decent, you know, a, a nice, a nice apartment here mm -hmm. in Johnson City. What do you what can a thousand dollars, a thousand U.S. dollars get you in Russia? Uh, depends on where you are. Like in, your hometown. In Moscow, you're going to be living under the bridge with your $1,000. Uh, yeah. Well, it's um, like New York, yeah. Yeah. Um, in Volgograd, you would ha you would live comfortably. Yeah. You would have a downtown apartment, uh, maybe not necessarily overlooking the best part of town, but it would be nice and clean in a decent neighborhood. How, how much would it cost, you know, like have a, a cleaning person or... You can yeah. still squeeze that in. Really? Like that. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> That's pretty nice. Yeah. I have to move to Volgograd. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It, it, it's not a bad place to visit. Stay, I don't know. Right. You just got to learn right. that acrylic uh, <laughs> alphabet, right? Is that, it's called acrylic, no. right? All, all you need is, is it. Gaelic? Oh. Is it? No, it's not Gaelic. No, it's it's uh, Cyrillic. 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 Yeah, I, okay. I was closer than you were. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Did you call it acrylic? <laughs> yeah, I said acrylic. I was like, it's not acrylic. Yeah. <laughs> right. So uh, getting back, you know, to uh, cultures and different uh -huh. different stuff like that, let's talk about the common myths about Russian immigrants. Right, right. Yeah. So go ahead. Tell us some of that. Well, um, if we go back to the article, you know, Russians are rude and angry. Um, that seems to be a common misconception. Um, I think this is just a style of communication, the difference in communicating. Russians are usually more to the point. They don't beat around the bush. So they'll just say what they think, and they don't necessarily try to be the most diplomatic about it. Mm. So they do, do usually come across as rude. Um, I think that there's partially a language barrier there, too, because um, Russian language is also very straightforward. It's yeah. also, you can make it mixy or mi mixed up. You can use, like, any any order of words, right, in a that sentence. That is true, yeah. When I, I, dated a, I dated a Ukrainian chick for a little while, so <laughs> I was learning some Russian. <laughs> and I was like, wait, so you can put the verb and the noun anywhere? Yep. Like, well, yeah, but, I mean, there's probably more common uses, so it's, like, just... Yeah, so common. in the English language, you have word order that dictates the sense of what you're saying. In the Russian language, it's always in the endings of the words. So you can put them whichever way you want. The meaning will not change because the endings of each word is what um, keeps it together and makes sense. Somewhat. Somewhat. You imagine guys who, you know, m m 
developed a <laughs> nuclear program used <laughs> these sentences, which is, you know, it's funny. I, I don't know that um, using, I, we've talked about this before, I think, uh, as far as like China, mm -hmm. the reason that China is, you know, China has a very um, constrained language and the language that you learn as a child is the language you think in. And mm -hmm that actually constrains the way that you think. So, mm -hmm. um, you know, even though, you know, you've, you've spent quite a bit of time, you know, in, in, you know, learning English and, um, developing your Americanism, uh, Russian is not as conducive as Eng English has, you know, a million words for the same thing. Right. And right. each one has different connotations right. and denotations. So, mm -hmm. Every different word has, you know, you can make a million different combinations for one. It's the same thing. But it so it allows it uh, such creativity and expression, right. mm -hmm. uh, whereas other languages don't, which is why we have, that's one of what I think is one of the reasons we have such ingenuity, uh, as, as, a, uh, as well as, uh, of course, our freedom of speech. Um, but, like, I don't know that Russia, if they hadn't stole, if someone hadn't given them the nuclear secrets, that mm -hmm. they would have just developed it on their own. Because first of all, you have Daniel and I've talked about this. You ha you're coerced into thinking the same way. So right. if you have new ideas that might not be mainstream, it's right. you're not going to develop yeah. them. So what what you're trying to say is that uh, the English language predisposes you to being more creative it's more flexible so far right now whereas <laughs> it, russian language makes you more um rigid in your thinking yeah so prevents uh, so would you thinking. agree with that no okay okay <laughs> okay it is because well we won you... the space race so i don't really <laughs> it doesn't matter what you think um, <laughs> <Just kidding. laughs> it, it, it's because you guys have not discovered the power of a russian cuss language oh and that is a totally different structure and it can explain ideas okay. much faster <laughs> okay sorry my dog is yeah being super annoying right now. so um so changing gears here let's talk about the process uh mm -hmm. what do you think about that to good things bad things what would you change about it um when it comes to immigration yeah. process mm -hmm. well um I, I will tell you this little story too so when i was going through my immigration process to be established here as a green card holder as a permanent resident mm -hmm. basically green card is uh, it equates to being a um, permanent residency okay. and when i went to my interview in memphis tennessee which took months and months and months to happen you know lots of paperwork a lot of money um and finally, when it happened, it was just like a 10-minute process of itself. <laughs> and basically, I believe the what the officer was doing at that point was verifying, you know, this is the person in front of me who had filed, you know, this paperwork, that, who I've seen in pictures. This is their sponsor slash husband in that case. Um, and, you know, that what they're saying is legit. And basically, I guess it's more, more or less as like... Um, lie detector tests without the actual equipment. They just look at you, make sure, you know, what you have uh, provided in paperwork form is legit. And so we were talking and he asked me uh, to shake my hand at the end of the interview. Hmm. And he said, um, and unfortunately I do not remember his name. I wish I did. Um, he was very nice. And he shook my hand and he said, I have been an immigration officer for 26 years and you're the first person who, um, did not stay 
after the work and travel program, <laughs> that one that we talked about, mm. said you're the first person who went back to Russia and did what you were supposed to do and filed the paperwork, you know, to come to the America the, the proper way. Mm. And so it really, really astonished me that I was the only person in his 26-year career and he shook my hand for that. He He's said, like, why did you come back? That's incredible. <laughs> I know. I, I did not. That, that kind of opened my, my eyes to the immigration process. And, um, you know, I've, I've got friends who um, overstayed their visas. And, you know, at first I had this opinion of like, well, maybe it was more convenient for them uh, to do it that way. And I didn't realize that there are so many obstacles until I started to go through this process with my own family. Um, so, you know, my brother is currently in Russia and, um, I try to get him to come over for a visit just to see, you know, just to come over and visit me here because he's never really spoken like he ever wanted to immigrate here, but he wouldn't be against a, um, a, you know, short visit. And when I started the process for him, uh, I realized that it is very, very, um, subjective as to who is perceived as a good immigrant or a good immigrant material, who is perceived as a not-so-good immigrant material. And so in his case, he is male and he's single, and he comes to the embassy, and there's no indication that he would ever want to immigrate or even start the process. This is just for him to get a guest visa to come visit me, and um, they just flat-out deny it, and uh, the statement that they provided was that he did not satisfy the requirements of proof that he would not at any point want to immigrate. And um, and that was it. So he didn't get a visa to visit because of that? Yes. So they're wow. trying to get rid of people? Well, um, now this is my subjective view. It seems that um, females may be a little bit of a better... Um, I don't want to call it commodity, but uh, females seem to be more interesting in the eyes of immigration than single males. Hmm. wonder why. Yeah, why do you think that is? Um, not exactly sure. This is just a speculation here. Okay. Um, I want to say maybe there had been some negative history with single males uh, coming for a visit. Um, probably okay. some suspicion. Um, if it's a, a single male coming over... Um, without any specific reason other than a guest visit, um, you know, going back to, like, uh, Boston Marathon bomber and whatnot. Mm -hmm. okay. They may be looking at them as more prone to... Um, like radicalism. Radicalism, mm -hmm. terrorist activities, and, yeah. Okay. 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 So um, has being here changed your outlook on life uh, for the better or worse, you know? It had. It okay. had. Um to be honest, you know, I've done a lot of thinking on that. You mm -hmm. know, people frequently ask me, like, why do you stay in this area? Why are you in northeast Tennessee? Why are you, like, not in New York, Los Angeles, um, and I don't know, even Chicago? Okay. And, you know, I've, I've traveled a little bit on the east coast. I haven't really gone far on the west coast. Um, but I love the people in this area. And I know there is a lot of... Um, Stereotype, stereotypical thinking about this area, you know, this is the hillbilly area, the redneck land. Okay, uh, so that explains the rush billy, right? <laughs> yes, yes. Okay. Um, but to be honest with you, 
I, I love the people in this area. I love the fact that they, you know, they get to do what they want to do. They get to live their life the, the way they want to live their life. They okay. don't care if they conform to anybody's elitist views. Okay. I like, I like that. And I have met people of all walks of life, to be honest. And living in this area has restored my faith in humanity. I have seen a lot worse a lot of betrayal in Russia where people were just trying to survive, trying to make ends meet. And I've seen a lot of gracefulness, um, a lot of goodwill in this area. Awesome. Awesome. That's good. So um, would you think now, being that Russia has changed into a more capitalistic system, do you think there's still more opportunities here for you than, than back in Russia? And if so? Um, I believe so, yes. Yes, I believe so. Um, and this is... Um, also, from a female standpoint. Okay. Um, and this also goes back to some of the cultural differences okay. between um, the United States and Russia. Um, you know, ironically, right after the World War II, females had a lot more opportunities in Russia. Um, a lot of male population had been... Um, devastated by the war you know yeah. a lot of males were killed mm -hmm. so raising the economy back to the level that it needed to be was resting on the uh, shoulders of many women and you know women had to take up professions that were generally considered to be male so like for instance my own grandmother she was um a bricklayer she was she was a mason for like 30 some years mm. And she is the size of Sophia from the Golden Girls. <laughs> so if you want to imagine, you know. Yeah. Um, then there were females who worked on the railroad, uh, females who worked in factories doing all sorts of manual labor. And they generally had all the opportunities and the respect. And then towards the end of the Soviet era, moving into the new uh, pseudo-democratic state, and that's what I consider it to be. Mm -hmm. Um, all of a sudden you had all, all this distrust of females, females are no longer appropriate to be occupying, uh, male positions, female mm. were, females were considered, um, housewife material only, mm. they couldn't really drive, and this, this is still a myth, uh, or a common, uh, concept in Russia that females are like monkeys with grenades. When they're driving, you, know, <laughs> you don't know which which way they're going to turn. So, you know, it was not a common thing to teach a girl how to, let's say, uh, change a tire uh -huh. um, or drive. Um, and, you know, in general, females were considered to be just housewife material. Hmm. And it was not it was not um, something that I agreed with. Right. Right. Well, I can understand that. So. Here's another question. It's a little bit deeper. Uh, do, mm -hmm. you, do you think as an immigrant from that per perspective that mm -hmm. things have gotten better or worse here over the years in this country politically and socially? What do you think? I think there's definitely a lot more tension. There's definitely a lot more tension. I remember that when I first came to this country, um, there was just genuine interest in meeting people, meeting people from other countries, um, getting to know um, different people without there being ever a fear of where you came from, what your beliefs were. And I think that over the years, there have been a lot more um, tension. 
So there, there's definitely a lot more what I would call xenophobia. Okay. Um, and, and it's not necessarily towards Russian people. Mm -hmm. um, it's just to folks coming over here from um, other countries. There's a lot more cautiousness. Um, and yes, politically and socially, it had become a much more um, loaded atmosphere, so to speak. Okay. Um, so you have to be a lot more careful of what you say, where you say, how you say it, because you never know if you're going to end up coming across as insensitive, racist, homophobic, and you may not even mean to come across that way. You just may not have any specific um, experience. Okay. Yeah. Like, you know, me coming from Russia, I am not the most burst person when it comes to using the right pronouns in right situations because um, homosexuality, um, any kind of transgender issues, they have always been a taboo. Mm, so, they, okay. you know, w when you come from that environment and come into the United States, and you might be just uh, curious about these situations, mm -hmm. but you can't really engage in these conversations without somebody automatically thinking, well, you're racist, you're homophobic, you're this and that. You mm. can't have an open discussion, it seems. Hmm. Especially, uh, yeah, I mean, do you think it's the, they call it the difference in cultures and stuff like that, or you just, or you just think that the, the tension is just the air, you know, it, it just it seems that way, you know, from, from an American pr perspective, too. Yeah. You know, so I mean, you know, it's. I wish things would get better, but you know, that's why we're here. Maybe. Uh, <coughs> Sorry, I, w I had a little hiatus. What were you guys talking about? Oh, we were actually talking about from an uh, from an immigrant perspective. You know, if you think things have gotten uh, better or worse here over the years, as far as socially, as far as comparing to Russia or well, just no, in overall, general, just just, just overall. Well, I mean, since I she, since she got here, someone someone who's you know thirty, I think. I don't think that people even thought really about race. Like they thought it was like an archaic thing. Yeah. Even just whenever I was in high school. Right. You know, now it's like right. the main focus of, of everything. You know, the thing that people don't pay attention to too is um, in the United States, we're not homogenous. Right, um, right. You're the melting pot. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So other countries don't, you know, <laughs> one of my favorite movies, probably, probably the best, I would think, I think 95% of Americans would agree that Amer Remember the Titans is the best movie ever made. Yeah. Um, so I might have seen that movie more than any other movie I've seen. <laughs> but, uh, you know, what Denzel Washington would tell us is that um, the other team doesn't have to worry about these issues. We do, but we're better for it. Mm -hmm. um, but they've turned the tables on, on us and they've made it a weakness instead of a strength. You know, we should be able to look at it and say, all these people look different, but the reason that we're better is because mm -hmm. we don't see that. Right, right. You yeah. know, but um, countries like pretty much anywhere else in the world, except for maybe South Africa, um, they're mostly homogenous. That's 90-something right. percent. Yes. Um, the same, same thing with Russia. There's, Absolutely. There, I, I don't know. Uh, is there a little bit of racism in Russia? Uh, oh, yeah. Like as far as like Mongolians, I know. Um, not really, not with them. Um, I mean, I, and, and I would say that. Or is it against Jews? Mm, no. No? Because mm -mm. Stalin the, the, mostly wiped them out. Well, <laughs> I, I, I don't know as far as, he, I, I think he just wiped out whoever disagreed with his line of thinking. Right. Um, 
the thing about Russians, we, you know, we have a lot of jokes. We have a lot of jokes about different nationalities, mm. you know, and um, that kind of br brings me um, to the second joke I was going to share. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Take it away. She prepared with information. Yeah, Just saying. so you guys know, she, she filled out. All, this is all her hand. Well, no, that not, mine is the okay. next page. Next page, yeah. next page is like, she's just like, yeah. you know, actually, let me think. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> let me come in here and let's take over. Yeah. But go ahead. Tell us a joke. Yeah. Tonight. So uh, I recently read a joke. It was about COVID vaccine, a hot topic. Um, mm. And I thought it was culturally very interesting. So, you know, it was, it was from the perspective of a doctor offering the COVID vaccine to different nationalities. And mm. so he offers it to... Um, to a British person and you know the British person politely refuses and the doctor says well but sir you are a gentleman aren't you and he's like yeah okay jab me and then um he offered the doctor offers it to a German person and the German person is like no I don't trust it I don't want it and then the doctor says but you uh, you are a citizen of your country so you will do as you know as, as what's best for your country so okay jab me and then the American, you know, is offered the same vaccine, and uh, the doctor says, you know, uh, you ought to get this vaccine. The American says, no, I don't feel like I need to. And then the doctor says, but look at your neighbor. They're getting their vaccines. So, and then it comes to Russian, and uh, a Russian guy is like, no, I don't want it. Don't. And the doctor says, well, I dare you. I dare you. I bet you can't. I bet you can't do this vaccine. And then the Russian person says, yeah, give me two, doc. <laughs> so... Right. That's I thought great. It was yeah, that's pretty a great good example. Joke and, yeah, very um, culturally appropriate, I thought too. Yeah, I don't yeah. think Americans pay attention. I mean, they don't realize that that's you know we're always man. You know, it's it's so terrible because you know, and um, I think I might have brought this up on previous broadcasts. Um, <clears throat> in the forties, uh, 86 or eighty-seven percent of the United States was Christian, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and um, now it's less than 50 right and that's uh a testament to what we idolize i i don't know who i was I'm, i was talking to someone recently and i was like oh i think i was talking to danielle um danielle for tennessee stands yeah. um and i was saying you know if some ancient if some alien culture was watching us in the united states especially right now they'd be like man uh th these people like whatever the religion is, is right here. Because mm -hmm. think yeah. about how how much how many hours yeah. people pray, or read the Bible or anything like that. And then think about how many hours your phone will tell you how many hours uh, you spend you know on your phone now. Um, and that's our religion. You know, this is our religion, and then yep. it's the state, and then it's then it's Christianity or whatever whatever faith we have. And that that just goes to, to you know to the joke you're talking about is. Uh, we only care about how things things look. And um, from the Russian perspective, you know, uh, Russia has an official religion. It's uh, Orthodox Christianity. Mm -hmm. Which so. is surprising considering, you know, during the Soviet Union, it was yeah. like Christianity was yeah. like taboo. Yeah. Yes. Ish. Yes, yeah. it was. It was. Because um, it's against the state. I mean, you can't, you right, can't command yes. people. It, go, it goes back, back to the uh, Karl Marx statement. And I think it was him or his buddy Engels, one of the two, who said that the religion is the opium for the people. Right. Opium for the masses. Communism yeah. is yes, the for the masses, yeah. yes. And so if you, if you remove the religion, uh, the people, the, the masses will need somebody 
to replace that void. Yeah. And so that's how Stalin became uh, a demigod in, in the eyes of many Russians. And that's how the cult of personality had mm -hmm. been right. um, introduced. And so, yes, if you, if you, because people, it seems, always tend to um, have that urge to, to look for, you know, to look for the greater good, to look for the bigger um, entity than them, to look for the God. Mm -hmm. and, and then, so in the Soviet era, there's been a great void in terms of religion. And then um, in there, I think they gradually started to reintroduce Christian faith back because they noticed that people were still sticking with it. And uh, many, many people in Russia have sacrificed their lives for the faith. Mm. Which, you know, nobody really talks about. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah, there's so much death in Russia's history. It's ridiculous. Like, mm -hmm. you know, if you look at the Bolsheviks, um, yeah. you know, back back then there was serfdom. And, yep. you know, whenever they were going to war with, like, Napoleon, those were all, <laughs> those, yeah, like, oh, yeah. hot, like, hot, like, lost like half of their population in the Napoleonic War. Yeah. yeah. And then you go to fast forward, you know, uh less than a hundred years. Russian winters though, boy. You can't yeah. you can't fight in Russia no. during the winter. No. No, yeah, your can't. gasoline turns to jelly between <laughs> <laughs> your tanks. Yeah. But uh you know and but then also too then you go to World War Two and you know you mm -hmm. lose, you know, fifty yeah. million people just you know, so, you know. I'm sure people have seen behind enemy lines, uh, where they're sending they're sending t one rifle for every two people, because <laughs> yeah. they assume one of you will get shot. <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. they give you each give you yeah. each a handful of bullets. Yeah. Well, you know, they had death squads. You know, where they were literally squads of Russian soldiers that were aiming at their own um, fellow citizens to make sure that none of them tried to flee, none of them tried to retreat. Yeah. yeah. And so they would shoot him right there. So the choice was you either get shot by a German soldier or your own. And, you know, that that goes back to, to um, in the United States, it's a government of the people for the people. And we are sovereign. Mm -hmm. We only we allow the government to govern us. We allow the yeah. government to govern right, us right. because they we actually consent. work for us. Yes. They work for us. Yes. They're not the the dictators they if there's something that is against what we i mean against our sovereign beliefs our you know our freedom of uh life and liberty pursuit and then personal per, yes. pursuit of happiness per, mm -hmm. personal property right. then we just don't do it that's how it's supposed to be yeah. and you know if you look at the history of the united states that's what we did yeah. you know um it has nothing to do with being belligerent and um you know, just oh, I'm American and yeah. Uh, yeah. I like my guns. Well, see that that is something that um, I have noticed with my children. So you know, I have two children in the Bristol school uh, system. Luckily, it's Bristol from Tennessee instead of <laughs> Bristol, Virginia. Yeah. No, it's Bristol, Tennessee. Yeah. Yes, right. Uh, which you know, Bristol, Virginia screams taxation without representation to me. So. I used to live there for yeah. just a short bit, and then I got yeah. tired of paying weird taxes that <laughs> didn't really achieve anything. Yeah. So I was like, nah, I'm going to the Tennessee side. Oh, so you started in Virginia. Um, I lived in Kingsport, Tennessee, and then Bristol, Virginia for just a short bit. And then that back was a to bad Tennessee. decision. <laughs> You're like, I immediately regret this. Yeah. That, well, there were personal reasons for doing that, not political, um, but um, yeah. I didn't stay there very long because I was like, nah, I don't think I need to pay well, Virginia. <laughs> well, it's funny because, um, you know, it's, 
uh, Northam, you mm-hmm. know, uh, we're talking about people being racist and things. You know, yeah. you got this guy over here uh, wearing blackface while he's in medical <laughs> school. I promise I'm not racist. And you got Joe Biden going and doing a eulogy at a freaking KKK Grand Wizards yeah. funeral. Yeah. Not, I mean, was it 20, 2016? Uh, Talking about the death of Robert Byrd? Yeah. Yeah. I think it was 2016. Yeah. I mean, it's just like, but they're like, no, it's okay. I'm not like that anymore. I'm the good, I'm the, oh, I'm super good now. Yeah. Like, bro, no. Um, when I look at Joe Biden, I somehow I compare him to, um, Brezhnev. He was the Soviet leader who would always get confused. You know, he was the one who was giving the biggest smooches on the mouth to the man. He would be like, Mwah. and um, it's not a he, Russian thing. No, 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 no. That was just that one particular dude it's thing. It's one Russian thing. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, like that. I remember there was a joke about him uh, about Brezhnev standing in front of a crowd uh, during Olympic games, and he was holding this paper and he was reading, oh, 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 oh. <laughs> And then somebody whispered into his ear, you're reading the rings on the Olympic game symbol. <laughs> <laughs> like, the text is below. You don't need to read that. Oh, yeah. So. You know, I, I constantly wonder, like, has anyone, like, is there their earpiece in Biden's ear? Like, I feel like that, I mean, we got to make sure this guy doesn't just start rambling on yeah. about something random like he normally does. Um, yeah, and, and see, this is what I really loved about the Russian culture is that you could make fun of stuff like that. You could make fun of any leader, any nationality, any cultural aspect of your life. You could make fun of. It seems in America these days you can't. Yeah, it used, used to be, to. though. Used yeah. To. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, if you do, yeah. you automatically get canceled for what you say. You can be taken out of context and be put in a situation where you have to even... Go before somebody and defend yourself, otherwise you're going to be boycotted out of your practice, your business. That's like a Dave Chappelle was the best proponent. I mean, he's hilarious, and he would make fun of transgender people. I love Dave he's Chappelle. Like, yeah, he's like, how many, you know, how many letters <laughs> yeah, can yeah, you get, yeah, you know? Yeah. And he's making fun of black people, mm-hmm. Asian people. And the best comedians, at least to me, are the ones who are whatever ethnicity or whatever, and they're making fun of them, their own culture, right? You yeah. know, like yeah. Asians make fun of Asians. You, well, know, you know, everybody's just so sensitive now, man. You know, everybody, you know, takes everything literally and they take it to heart. I mean, you, you yep. know, you really just can't joke around, you know, anymore. And, and I, I hate that, too. I yeah. hate that, too. There's and humor a... seems to be the one unifying force when it comes to conflict, when it comes to disagreement. Humor has always been the one unifying force for that doesn't seem to be the case anymore. Um, you know, I had this, I promised to tell you this little story about how I ended up being um, labeled a racist right. at Hampton, Tennessee. So we were on the way to a little sawmill in um, Butler, Tennessee. And this is in relation to the outrageous cost of wood. You know, we decided to venture out there to see if the sawmill... <laughs> Had slightly cheaper prices, but if you buy it in the in the it's like big a designer, it's like designer wood. <laughs> yeah. Isn't it? yeah. yeah, this guy makes. He's like, you oh. want this wood? It's gonna yeah. cost you. Right. So, <laughs> right. So 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 we're out. He write, he write the price on a piece of paper and slide it to you. Yes. No. He's like, I know how to do this. Don't worry. We had we had a great experience there at the sawmill. Unfortunately, you know they were selling out real fast, and we we weren't able to get our needs met there, but great folks um you know very friendly because they're friendly because they got a lot of money they're making a ton of money yeah <laughs> no i mean i i think it's just 
here's the thing. It's a genuine thing of a lot of people in this area. They're they're really friendly. You know, they don't care if you're from Russia. I don't, I don't know about that. I, whenever I went to Michigan last year, I felt like everyone was super nice. Oh, I was like, okay. man, you guys are way nicer than people down south. I think maybe because really? they could. I think it's whenever people can recognize that you're not from here, they mm-hmm. automatically are nice. I, I think that might be it. The hospitality. That might be. <laughs> people say southern, southern hospitality, so automatically yeah. assume people are just nicer. I think that actually what it is is whenever they realize you're not from here, they're like, oh, well, you know, welcome. Mm-hmm. I think people are probably more welcoming. Anyway, sorry. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know. I mean, I've, honestly, I've not had that experience. Well, that's because you're foreign and people can re- recognize it right off the bat. Well, see, but I'm a Rush Billy now. So. Uh, yeah. A Rush Billy. A, a Russian yeah. hillbilly. <laughs> okay, yeah. that's, what, that's what you're talking about. Okay. <laughs> right. more years, they'll be rude to you too. Yeah, I have, yeah. This, I have this accent that, you know, has some Russian and then it has the little southern twang. So. Yeah, some things you do so say, I'm like, yeah. yeah. Yeah, she's been assimilated. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> well, see, people, people in the, my patients in the hospital don't understand me if I don't, like, throw a little sweetie don't in you it. Don't. <laughs> I, and you you do the I the I yeah. whenever whenever you're t- like even if you pronunciate every single other thing uh, clearly and you have a southern accent whenever you say I uh-huh. they're like ah <laughs> they're yeah. like yeah I, 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 I so you're good, I, so you're in Butler yeah so yes. you're in Butler so, yeah so um, before we got to Butler we um, had to take a quick stop in Hampton Tennessee and it's just. <laughs> small little area we love going there for um just various things and there was a little coffee shop there on the corner right next to um roadrunner gas station so i come into that coffee shop i think it's a dunkin donuts coffee shop shout out to dunkin donuts um screw krispy kreme (laughs) (laughs) who is incidentally sponsoring this yeah Yeah. Yeah. Uh, just just so everyone knows uh we're brought to you by was it Dunkin' Donuts? Sorry, yeah. I forgot. Yeah, some and donuts. Road, and Roadrunner. Yeah, we ate all the donuts already. We did. We threw the box away. Forgot who it was. Um, yeah, check them out. Go to Krispy Kreme. Or, no, sorry. DunkinDonuts.com slash Mac podcast for a 0% discount. I think, I think the place is called Krispy Donuts. Krispy Donuts? <laughs> that would be hilarious. I was, I was thinking, you know, That's we, awesome, we, we need donuts. a little CBD donut shop, too. Yeah, there you yeah, go. Exactly. Well, you know, they can do the, the Delta 9 THC. Build so it. We, they will come. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, if we go over to Virginia, we can open that, that up for sure. Yeah, we can get absolutely. If the nursing thing doesn't work out. Yeah. 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 All right, so. Anyway. So, um, you know, at Hampton, Tennessee, <coughs> little uh, coffee shop there, getting my coffee. I already paid for it, so I'm just standing at the end of the uh, counter waiting for it. And I think it's me and um, a, a veteran, I assume, was standing behind me. We're just both waiting for our coffees. And this little couple of, of women comes in, and, um, you know, one of the women is African-American, and the other is white, and... Um, the African-American lady is on the phone and she's really, really loud. It sounds like she's having an agitated conversation. She's screaming at the person in the phone. And so, you know, we're standing at this end of, uh, the coffee shop. You know, I'm wearing my mask. The gentleman behind me is wearing his mask. We're like minding our business. And she eventually makes her way to us and, uh, just yelling at her phone, like, oh On speakerphone. No, no, not on speaker, but she she could have been on speaker the way she was yelling, and she instantly starts accusing us of eavesdropping on her conversation, despite of the fact she brought she said, the... Con- are you listening to my conversation? Oh, no, no, it was like, these fools over here are listening, which she didn't this have... This one right the- in my face. <laughs> <laughs> this, this one right in my face. 
just uh, accusing us of eavesdropping on her conversation, which we kind of ended up being hostages of. We didn't ask to be participants in that. And, you know, I just, all I did was just shake my head, like, didn't say a word to her, just shake my head. And instantly, instantly, I was a racist. And um, she was. Russians. Yes, I know. <laughs> These rude, angry Russians. You got this drunk Russian over here. He's drinking a vodka. You can How smell it on a breath. <laughs> How dare you? Yes. And so she's like uh, screaming at the girl behind the counter, you know, who was giving me the coffee. She was like, you need to see what these people over here are doing. Like, they're, they should be locked up for this. And I'm just like. <laughs> and this is in Hampton, right? Yes. Like, she's like, like, like the only black person in Hampton. Yeah. And yeah. I'm like. They got this stuff got to Hampton. Oh my God! <laughs> well, you know what it is is it's just uh, y- you know, the majority of black people are not. <clears throat> they just want to go about their business. They're they're living their life, doing their thing. But believe me, I yeah. know. Yeah. Um, my my ex father in law is African American. Mm. He lives in D.C. Um, we have great relationship. Um, you know, never had any issues up until no one did this Hampton experience. And it was just I could have sworn I thought maybe it was scripted because as this little um, scenario was unraveling, um, the, the white lady that came together with the Afri- um, African-American lady, um, she started getting her iPhone out or whatever phone she's she videotaping out. Mm. Yes. And I'm like, I'm out of here. I'm not giving, <laughs> I'm not giving them any material. Just even for me, stupidly shaking my head. Like, no, like I'm Whoa, not participating. What are you supposed to do? You yeah. should have, you should have been like this. <laughs> like, yeah, yes. yeah, I'm, yes. I'm listening. She's like, yeah. <laughs> no, uh, let me talk to them. <laughs> I will plead your case. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you should have pointed it and give yeah. her a thumbs I'm up. An ally. <laughs> yeah. No, um, all right. So, uh, see, so let's start on a list that you. Uh, you, you know, <laughs> I don't mind. I don't mind to do a, like an extended version of this because I mean, this is this is pretty interesting yeah. fun stuff. I mean, what do you think, Shannon? We're a little you over an hour. What do you think? Yeah, yeah. I mean, we keep going. I'm good. You're good. Um, okay. What do you think, Shannon? You good? Yeah, I'm good. We'll go. Yeah. I mean, I don't. I don't want to go past ten. Okay. All right, yeah, that's cool. okay. Yeah. So my husband will start worrying. Yeah, oh yeah, that's for happening. real. But so, but this is super interesting. We we might not we might not be able to get you back, you know, because it's kind of hard to line up everything, right. especially right. since you're on day shift and you yeah. work a different schedule than us. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, yeah, so, don't, anyway. yeah. So uh, start start checking off this list, sister. Oh, we went, got taboos. Yeah, what are some taboos so that you want to talk about? Of the former USSR. Yeah. So you know the the common taboos uh, that. I became familiar with were, you know, there was no sex life in USSR, yet people somehow kept getting, being born, you know. <laughs> um, and of course, you know, whatever revolved around anything, uh, any illegal or immoral activity, so, uh, you know, what, pers- kind of, what kind of, what kind of marriages or marriage percentages, like people stay together there? Um, people stay together, I think, on. Let, let, let's talk about it in terms of generations. I think people of my generation and those who are younger typically end up divorcing more often. Mm-hmm. I think that uh, my generation and, and younger ones are um, more um, in tune with the Internet and the usual things you see on the Internet and TV. Older generations like baby boomers, uh, Gen X and Russia typically stay uh, throughout the entire marriage. Okay. Uh, yeah. 
So um, you actually wrote something else down here, mm -hmm. uh, propaganda and censorship. Hang on one second. All I right. wanted to, uh, first of all, uh, <laughs> Shannon's headset is louder than everyone else's. Um, <laughs> but these are some comparative statistics here. Uh -huh. I thought it was pretty interesting. Yeah. Uh, they pulled these up from, what is this? I don't know exactly what date this is. Um, but it's just comparison to like alcohol consumed. Mm -hmm. um, so food and food and drink. Uh, Russia, uh, they they drank forty three percent more than the United States. No, uh, I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, you know, per capita. Yeah. Um, let's see here. Um, uh, says uh, fast food. They they use more fast food in in Russia. Uh, they don't cook as much, maybe. Mm, I don't no. know. Depends on where you're uh, looking. Again, Moscow. Yes. Um, if you go further out, probably not so much. Uh, sentiments towards towards other countries. Uh, it's talking about China. Um, <laughs> says Russia is uh, twenty four. Only twenty four percent viewed China as negative, whereas yeah. uh, sixty seven percent of the United States viewed China as negative. Yeah. And and this goes to one of the topics that um, I wanted to cover is the propaganda. Okay. So each country has. Um, each country sponsors a specific image. So if you have certain uh, business partners, and in Russian case, that would be China. China is their big business, sponsor, uh, business partner in many things. Um, you know, of course, the view of China is going to be more positive. Um, anything negative to do with China is going to be heavily censored. Um, the news channels in Russia are still heavily politicized. They're mostly centralized to where uh, what is delivered to Russians um, on your usual news channels are going to be, uh, is going to be processed, is going to be censored to fit a certain image. So for that reason, um, Russian folks are going to be more positive towards China and more negative towards the U.S. Hmm. And um, also, too, what I was just pulling up there is uh the you guys smoke three times more cigarettes than americans per yeah, capita there, there are quite a few smokers in russia yeah yeah i mean it's, but it so that just that, that that's actually something that i'd see in like my my uncle is egyptian he still smokes like a freight train really? mm -hmm. yeah it's uh it's a cultural thing you know it, yeah um i don't know maybe it has to do with the stress too <laughs> I think that, you know, in, in the United States, you see certain trends that are popular. For instance, uh, psychotherapy, you know. Any Tell me your feelings. Yeah. Yes. Any celebrity out there is going to be like, well, so my therapist told me, you know, um, I would guarantee that anybody uh, in academia is going to be like, well, I have a therapist. I'm on these antidepressants or blah, blah, blah. In Russia, that is not the case. So your ways to alleviate the stress are usually alcohol and tobacco. So um, let's talk about social media here. Mm -hmm. Social media and cancel culture. Yeah. Um, what can you? Is social media cancel culture wokeness? I think we can all yeah. roll that into one. As far as Russia. Yeah, yeah. So what do you think? How's that work? Oh, it's uh, it's starting to become more um, prominent in Russia. It didn't used to be back when I was growing up. Um, now it seems to be a big thing. Like TikTok, is a is a big thing in Russia now. It's um, you know they got they're getting sued by pretty much every country, uh, you know, because they're being collecting data on children. 
No, I'm mm. sure they're collecting data on everybody. Yeah, everyone probably. And see, to me, TikTok is nothing but just um, shorter videos of propaganda and advertisement. Yeah, because so. you don't have time. You don't have time to. It's it's so sudden. Whenever someone like gives you like a five second clip or ten mm -hmm. second clip, yeah, you don't have time to analyze. Be like, oh, okay, well these things don't coincide with each mm -hmm. other. Maybe this is fake. Blah 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 blah. Right. And um, you know, with the TikTok videos, they're so much shorter. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, okay. So the cancel culture and stuff. I mean, are you talking to your friends back home or back in Russia? Or and are they? What do they say about it? Well, um, the friends that I maintain in Russia, you know, they typically don't pay attention to it much. Okay. Um, but now younger generations, like the kids of the same age that my kids are, you know, the teenagers, um, this is where it becomes really close to home. Because, you know... How, how does the government censor things? I'm interested. Um, like, what are they... Is it kind of like China where they just... You can't access certain websites or... Yep. How does it work? I mean, you have a... I'm sure it's similar to, like, you have a web provider. And, you know, in the United States, you can... You know, you can use a VPN. I'm pretty sure you can do the same thing. Mm -hmm. There is... I guess if maybe the issue there is, like, if you can even get to the website to download the VPN. Yeah. Once you have it on your computer, then you route somewhere else. But what, what if they see that you're using a VPN? Would they like come to your house and knock on your door, and be like, "Hey, you're using a, a an internet masking"? No, they just won't. They just won't uh, open that website on the Russian territory. Period. But so it, so, so on a VPN, you know, you reroute. It makes it look like right. you're using it somewhere else. Um, see, the majority of Russians don't have that um, technology or don't know of that technology. So they just don't know about it. Right. Hmm. Wow. That's like China. Yeah. You know, we were talking about China yeah. previously. Um, this person I met from China, she said that 80% of Chinese people just don't know mm -hmm. that they don't trust the government, but at the same time, they don't know because the government controls everything. Right. I think Russia is a lot more uh, secretive about the fact that they control everything. They're like, no, nah, we don't do that. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, oh, okay. And China is like, there's no other dissenting views, so yeah. they don't have to worry about even combating the, the yeah. information. Yeah. So... Yeah, when it when it comes to wokeness or cancel culture, usually younger generations are more uh, susceptible to it through TikTok. And then you may see somebody of my generation um, falling under the same category via like Instagram or Facebook. So, so social media, pretty much, yes. it just just it's yeah. pretty much the same social kind of spread it around. Social media is like a grooming process for children, it essentially. Is. Yeah. It is, yeah. and and that's why I stay away from it. I'm not on Facebook. I'm not on Instagram because I want to have my own independent opinion. You know, if you uh, look at Jordan Peterson, what he'll, um, I'm sure plenty of people don't like him, but um, he's a super smart guy. He's yeah. a, he's a genius in my opinion, but yeah, um, he uh, he'll tell you, you know, by the age of four, you cannot change someone's right. view of the world um there's things that you can change as far as like your understanding but as far as the way that you formed your thought process mm -hmm. it's pretty much set in stone and like if you have if you're not able to assimilate into culture by the time you're four yeah um like if you're one of those kids right. who keeps having problems right. you know with authority blah 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 you're typically you know, yeah, you're more prone. Rest, yeah, you're more prone to life. have problems in society There's, throughout yeah, your life because yeah. you you just haven't been able to right. um, you haven't been able to understand the norms. You know, people are like, well, everything's subjective. Well, the thing is, is that it's not because that's a, it's a method. It's a 
mechanism of survival. Uh, right. There's a there's because these ch- these children are usually raised in re- really violent homes where people don't get yeah. their way. They just they just lash out. And, yeah, exactly. Right. Right. And the KGB would disagree with you. Yeah. So yeah, they would just make you disappear. Be like, this kid yeah. doesn't work. We're gonna have to make him disappear. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, black. I mean, I'm sure. I don't know if you knew anyone who disappeared like that. Is that not you know, personally? No. You've heard of it though, huh? I've I've read some yes I've read some things not close to some home. things but yeah thankfully nobody that I personally know there's a there's a movie called um, Child Thirteen I think is the name of it mm. um it's got Tom Hardy in it where he works for the KGB or I'll have what, to watch what, it. what yeah yeah <laughs> it's funny it's always funny watching people who are not whatever nationality playing nationalities yeah. um like uh, what's that one with um, Jennifer Hunger Hunger Games. Yeah. Oh, Lawrence. Jennifer Lawrence. Lawrence. Uh, what is that? The Red Sparrow or yeah, something yeah, like yeah. that? Yeah, I watched <laughs> got, that one. It got terrible, terrible reviews. Yeah. It was like, this is a terrible movie. But uh, <laughs> I I understand. Have you seen um the uh, the Americans, the TV um, show? Maybe two episodes. Oh man, one of my favorite shows of all time. <laughs> a fantastic show. But you know that's that's what they would call them. That was the that was the uh, you know the co the whatever the keyword was for them. Mm-hmm. The Americans. They were you know, first generation Rush or first generation Russians that were brought here and assimilated into American culture that no one knew that knew yeah. who they were. Um, and then they were, you know, super covert spies that were uh, you know, infiltrating the FBI, the CIA. And that was real. I'm sure there's real real stuff going on. And then whenever the the K G B or whenever the Soviet Union fell, they were like, uh <laughs> What do we do? <laughs> I guess we just assume the identities yeah. that we assumed. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> I assume I'm me. <laughs> now, yeah, see, that's another thing that really cracks me up as a Russian national when I watch American movies. And it seems like, you know, there's always the same villain, Russian villain. You know, he... Well, it's obvious. There's only Russian villains. Yeah. <laughs> it's only... It, it, sorry, I didn't mean to no, hijack no, you. you're fine. Well, the thing that drives me absolutely crazy is you have Russia, who is like 20 years behind us technologically as far as military advance. Like, they still have a very powerful military, don't get me wrong. But what mm-hmm. I'm saying is... As far as cutting edge and volume, right. we are one U.S. strike, U.S. Uh, Navy uh, strike force, okay. carrier force, mm-hmm. has the, the same uh, strike capability as, uh, you know, a modern nation, mm-hmm. right? They have nuclear submarines with nuclear warheads that no one knows where they're at. They have, I know it's like 50 ships, yeah. right? They have air. They have a mobile aircraft carrier. I mean, a mobile airfield. Mm. You know, and then you got Russia. I think Russia has two aircraft carriers, something like that. Um, I'm not sure. Um, mm. even regardless, with I think we have like what twenty, something like that, yeah, nuclear aircraft carriers. Yeah, I'm not sure. And they will say Russia is the number one threat. <laughs> what about China? China produces every product in the United right. States. Right. That's, That's not thing. a threat. They, that, it's yeah. so f- hilarious because they like to play the Russia collusion game, and there's absolutely no reason why. We, I mean, you know, there's Russian hackers, blah, blah, blah. But, but as far as an economic threat, mm-hmm. Russia has oil and, you know, but they're such a vast nation, it's very hard for them to mobilize anything as far as mm-hmm. actual ground forces. They have nukes. Of course, but I think it's hilarious that the liberal left loves to play Russia. Russia, 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 Russia. No, F that. It's China, right? (laughs) Um, I will tell you that, you know, Russia is a familiar villain, works every time, and it doesn't matter how... 
Right. It God. doesn't matter how unplausible it may sound. You know, it works every time. So Amen. why is that? It's a good question. I probably should be asking you. <laughs> I, think it's the, I think it's the accent, personally. Yeah, yeah maybe. It. And, it, and the, the lack of yeah. smiling. Very yes. intimidating. Yeah. Yeah. Lack of yeah. smiling, you know, that seriousness yeah. in the face. Yeah. If you just got to know the guy, the villain in the right. movie, if you just got to know him, he'd be real but, sweet well, on the He's very nice if you talk to him, isn't he? That's right. <laughs> but then, you know, it always cracks me up that um, these villains are portrayed like they play the accordion, they do a little <laughs> tap dancing. Yeah, they don't right. play the accordion? Or? They drink vodka. Vodka. Yeah, they, they definitely they, drink they, vodka. They, si they sing these really threatening, menacing lullabies, <laughs> like in John Wick, for instance. You know the first yeah. one. The babushka. Yes, the Baba Yaga. You know. It's yeah, babushka like, is a baby. Yeah. No, babushka is a grandmother. Grandma. Yeah, same thing. Yeah. Same thing. <laughs> yeah, That's I have babushka. Yeah, Yana Poina might say Peruski. That's pretty good. Uh, let's talk about uh, human trafficking. You wrote you wrote that in. Uh, was that yeah. regarding immigration? Is so, it yeah, something going, that you guys in? It's not something you guys like in Russia. No. Oh, okay. Um, human trafficking is a big problem in Russia. Are they aware? And yes, um, it, it is a um, a female issue. You know, a lot of uh, young females and young young children in Russia um, end up being victims of human trafficking. Um, and so, I guess. One of the things I wanted to highlight during this um, discussion was that immigrants are um, a lot of times in a very vulnerable position. Because they I don't, because they're scared of, be, first of all, being deported. Well, it, it, not just that. I mean, there are so many points of vulnerability for immigrants and women in particular, because um, you can be, let's say, a mail order bride. And if you have children with your spouse and your spouse is abusive, you are uh, a hostage of that situation un until you establish some kind of independence. And a lot of times immigrants are in a position where that independence is not likely to happen for many, many years. Mm -hmm. And um, it makes it very easy to exploit. So so real quick, so people mm -hmm. don't understand, I think, what is it? Um, is it two, there's a two-year waiting period after you're married for to get your green card? Um, so, no. Is it one uh, year? Usually it ends up being longer than that. Oh, okay. So um, I think the process is different for if you're a citizen versus if you are a permanent resident. So U.S. citizens typically enjoy a slightly quicker process for that paperwork. So per se... Are you saying if you marry a U.S. citizen versus if you marry a permanent resident? Yes. Okay. Yes. So per se, um, let's say a U.S. citizen like I am now uh, applying for you know, a close family member to immigrate mm. and live with you. Mm. As a U.S. citizen, that process would generally be just shorter than if you were a permanent resident doing the same thing. Okay. Uh, do, you, do you think that's uh, because of the verification process and everything? Or? Um, not exactly sure why that okay. is, to be honest. Um, so, you know, going back to one of the questions you asked earlier, like, are there any things that I would like to see yeah. change in right. the immigration process? I think that for those immigrants who have established themselves to be uh, a law-abiding, mm -hmm. you know, those are the immigrants like myself who have gone through the process, even though it was not the most convenient process, right. but you have gone through it. You have established that you are law-abiding just by that. Mm -hmm. um, you've complied with all of the requirements, provided all of your um, documentation, money, whatever, and you have waited the process, mm -hmm. you know. For you easy, to right? for you to sponsor 
a family member um, to immigrate the same way should be, uh, there should be some kind of leeway. There should be a little bit leniency. Easier. Yes. Because, I mean, you're now, you're now an American right, citizen. Right, right, right. Because you have already established your law-abiding, you mm -hmm. know, because they also look at your criminal background in the process. So they look at the fact that you have not committed any crimes here or in the country that you're coming from. So um, I, di I did a, I don't, I mean, I'm sure you guys haven't seen it, but, uh -huh. uh, you know, I did a quick video yesterday talking about one of the Supreme Court decisions, mm -hmm. and it was talking about a, um, a, they're not, a, they're not a citizen, is uh they they came from El Salvador, mm -hmm. um, yeah. uh -huh. you know, sure. and they've been here for twenty years right. on a temporary uh, protection status, mm -hmm. meaning that they're not going to be deported. Right. So the thing is, is they entered the country illegally. Right. So you U.S. statute uh, mandate that to be a candidate for mm -hmm. citizenship or um, or permanent residency, you, can't, you cannot yeah. have entered right. the country illegally, which makes total sense. Right. Right. You know, and, you know, like for for my my dad, uh, whenever he came to Egypt or came from Egypt, you know, granted, he married an American citizen mm -hmm. and, you know, he, he got his green card. But um, you're. Whenever you're entering the country, you're you're establishing your foundation there. And you know what I said in the video is that Trump actually made that he made this a foundation of his immigration policy. Mm -hmm. Is if you are needing protection status, if you're running from Russia, for example, mm -hmm. for persecution, you stop at the first country you come to and you wait in that country right. while you while you are waiting waiting for, your for status. waiting waiting for the temporary protection mm -hmm. it's not even the asylum okay. just temporary protection so right. once you get that which is very it's a very short time period that takes for the temporary protection status mm -hmm. as opposed to the asylum okay. then you can enter the country once you get that but these people are coming here first and then establishing it and that's like well you i mean you you broke into the house and now you're yeah right. yeah you know so i mean i I feel I feel bad for people, right? But you're a criminal mm -hmm. the, at first. I mean, not not you, but the people who <laughs> people, no, you might be a criminal. <laughs> I mean, you're Russian. You're, we've yeah. already established that they're yeah. bad people, the right. bad guys. Yeah. But uh, but I mean, my dad, he you know, coming from Egypt, Egypt's a third world country, right. basically a second world country, and um, you can't just you can't just cross the border. Right. You know what I mean? Right. And uh, you don't really even look. You don't speak the same language as everyone else. Same thing with with Russians. Right. You know, it is like, well, this guy might not be legal. He doesn't mm -hmm. he doesn't speak English. <laughs> you know, he speaks Russian. Yeah. You right. know. So you know, again, I think the reason for the, these situations is because um, it is much more convenient to just get into the country and then. Uh, throw the dice and see what happens. Especially right. when you have a baby, like I think a lot of right. the people are having a kid here. The that's their anchor their babies, end. as they used to call them. Anchor babies. I don't know. That's, that's <laughs> really? a good one. Yeah. I think yeah. it's a Fox News term from like 2010 <laughs> or something like that. <laughs> right. Right. Um, yeah. Um, and and that seems to be a case for a lot of Russians who retain their Russian um, citizenship and their celebrities, Russian celebrities, but they will come to have the baby delivered here. Ooh. In the United States, especially celebrities, they can afford it. They just yes, don't bring, exactly. Yeah. And so, you know, w there is another big difference that I would like to uh, point out between Russia and the U.S. So, and it's the Constitution. It is how you become a citizen. 
So in Russia, you have to satisfy two requirements to be a citizen. So you have to have either one of your parents a, as a Russian citizen and be born on the territory, or you have to have both of your parents be citizens. What about Steven Seagal? Now, he is a special case. Because <laughs> <laughs> of the ponytail. Now, well, or no, because he's famous. Yeah. Well, I, yeah. I'm not exactly sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because right. he, he knows martial arts, and Putin is a big fan of martial arts. Yeah. So. Oh, sure. Good chop. <laughs> That's right. right. <laughs> um, and in America, you, you only have to, A, be born to uh, an American citizen. So both parents don't have to be citizens. Mm -hmm. Or you have to be born on the um, U.S. land, U.S. soil. And so it's just one requirement you have to satisfy to be a citizen. So a lot of people come over and have their babies and ta-da. Mm -hmm. So you're talking about the specifics as far as um, sex trafficking. What exactly is the... What is the atmosphere in Russia as far as... Because, I mean, it takes two to tango. So what exactly... What are, what are the conditions that set up that scenario in mm -hmm. Russia? Like, what is they accepted? Because there clearly is an accepted culture in Russia mm -hmm. that allows this to go on. It's not, you know, it's the same thing with the drug culture. In Colombia, if you go to Colombia, there's, everyone's just freely producing cocaine paste, right? And they're mm -hmm. producing it. You know, there's people that control it, but I mean... Mm -hmm. If you go to any of the smaller rural areas, they're producing cocaine on large scale. It's not like a secret. Right. Same thing, I'm assuming, is is the case. And it's not just the United States that's the major major buyer. It's like uh, Middle Eastern countries yeah. that yeah, have a I lot was, of money. That's one of the things I was going to ask because, you know, we know it's, it's a problem, you know, from uh, the Mexican side to the American side. You know, I was going to ask you, you know, where where are they taking these people? And what is, what, how did these people get involved in Yeah. So are you like asking? Uh, start take us from start to finish. Say you're a young girl. <laughs> say you yeah. say you say you're a young, young girl. Say you're 12 years old. Mm -hmm. Um, how does it, how does it end? How does it start from that 12 year old girl? Like, what are the dynamics, the family dynamics, and right. like the middlemen, and like where do they end up? Okay. Because so, we don't, Amer as Americans, we don't know that we hear sex trafficking. We're talking about people setting up mm -hmm. uh, instances for people to prostitute out young right. people no. which is not it's not technically them being imported from mm -hmm. overseas but that is the case in russia there there are a lot of similarities mm. though okay. if, if you really sit and think about it there are a lot of similarities so first off you have to have a uh, person who is vulnerable to that and you would get that vulnerability from a poverty and mm. b substance abuse Okay. Which how well that's pretty prevalent in Russia is yes. based on what you were saying. Yes. You don't have a high standard of living. No, no. The okay. majority of folks, especially those who live outside of Moscow or Saint Petersburg, outside of large cities where you have better employment opportunities, will um, be living beyond the poverty line. Which I'm sure I'm now getting into the crosshairs of the Russian government, who states the opposite. Mm. What is what is, do you do you have any idea of like how much you know U.S. dollars a month? Um, you for can, a family. Yeah, for a family. Well, let let let's talk in um salaries that we all understand. Yeah. Like the per nurse. Year. Yeah, okay. So the the nursing salary. Yeah. So let's say you know while here a nurse on like in in the Tennessee area 
um, the nurse on average would be earning somewhere around $60,000. Let's just throw that. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> Let's throw that. Um, we'll say that for experienced nurse. Yes. Yeah. Okay. And then um, in Russia, same level of experience nurse would be in, in a rural Russia or a um, smaller city of Russia, the same nurse would be earning $60 a month. Wow. So that's seventy seven $7,000 a year. $7,000 or $7, $700. Said, no, wait. No, wait a you said $60 a month? Uh, 600 sorry. 600 I was oh, like, okay, seven, so seven, about $7,000 yeah, a year. 600. Yeah, $600. And that's, that, and then they also get, of course, you know, whatever government benefits, because is it, is oh, it? They're no. None. Okay, so no. it's not, it's not socialized anymore. Um, so, no, it's. All the benefits of being, all the terrible bad things about being socialized without <laughs> the good benefits. So, yeah, let me, let me walk you through the uh, remnants <laughs> of the socialist anything in Russia. Fall, fall of 1991, right. uh, Soviet Union falls, and then, like we were talking about before mm -hmm. the show, all of the USSR, those countries didn't just automatically dissolve into independent states. It took a long time for that to dissolve, and yeah. the same form of government persisted it was about strong men yeah and people who had guns right so you what, what what you saw happen was the major privatization of state-owned things yeah and so you you know one thing that is also a hot topic here in the united states is the health care you know mm -hmm. what is a socialized health care is it really that great mm -hmm. you know there's some that claim oh you know the canadian model works awesome the british model works awesome i'll let the canadians and the british speak for that um, I don't have any first-hand experience. You know, Australians. Yeah. Uh, now, I will tell you the Russian socialized model. So you had, um, for a number of years, this behemoth of a system where the state, you know, provided money to keep up the infrastructure, to provide salaries, and, you know, the medical professions were upheld and honored and respected mm -hmm. and all that good stuff. And the salaries were actually very, very much comfortable. They were providing good living. And then after previous previous to right, right in in the in the you know Soviet, Soviet Union, mm -hmm. and then when you started to see things privatized, being privatized, mm -hmm. uh, but yet the healthcare kind of remained in the same area of being state run. Okay. Um, all the infrastructures, your buildings, your equipment, all of that went old as heck. Mm. So you know there were very few repairs re and replacements of things. So you had personnel who was overworked and underpaid chronically. Um, schools that were supposed to provide new um, doctors and nurses, they didn't have an opportunity to keep up with the changes either. So they, and then again, there's a lot of bribing in mm. those schools. And uh, okay. you, you could have doctors who practically bought their degrees. Hmm. And well, you, you know, can still do that now. It's... <laughs> Yeah. Oh, well, that's that's how the United States is becoming. But sorry, go ahead. Yeah. So, you know, your socialized medicine pretty much reflected what was happening in the country. So right now, I will tell you, you know, you can have a health policy. You could have a health care plan, a health insurance plan in Russia. However, the reality of things is you have to bribe everybody. You have to pay an amount of money to the anesthesiologist if you wanted not to wake up in the middle of your surgery. You had to bribe the surgeon um, to provide uh, some assurance for yourself that you are going to have the right thing removed, and so forth and so Cause on. Because there, there's no standardized, um, 
I'm assuming. And there's no malpractice lawsuits. In yeah, Russia it's like either. who are you gonna sue? Who are you going you, to you, sue? You yeah. This is Russia. <laughs> Let me cut you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, it's funny. I watched this documentary. I think it was two years ago, and uh, the scientists in the video were using beakers, right? <laughs> they were they were like, see if you do this test and this, and then you put this uh, reagent in this, mm -hmm. then it turns with this color. I was like, you guys are using glass beakers. Like, I feel like a scientific <laughs> lab would be using, you know, the machines doing like, right. yeah, yeah you know, absolutely. stuff like that. Yep. And then in Russia, yeah. I was like, this isn't an old documentary. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah. And so it very it varies though. You could go to the top number one medical facility in Not Moscow. Anymore. Not anymore. Well, if you could afford it. Even I mean, if you could afford it, they have you, really? introduced a law that says Moscow is for Moscovites. Oh, really? So you're really, yeah, yeah you're so, out of but, luck. But still, if you live in Moscow mm -hmm. and you're a Moscowite, mm -hmm. then you get the best medical care in the in, 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 the, Ru yeah. in Russia. In, yes. So, but everyone else is screwed. Yep. Yeah. That's kind of how uh, the, <laughs> the, con the Congress is, right? <laughs> so they get the best medical benefits and then everyone else gets screwed. And then, you yeah. know, you get, Amer uh, you know, I don't know if you guys have taken a look at it, but the... Um, the what what is Obama Obamacare, whatever the, the affordable care affordable act. care act. Yeah. Yeah. If you look on there, man, to get the kind of insurance that we have at the VA, I uh, oh don't get me started. oh man, it's <laughs> it's it's crazy ridiculous. And you know I don't use it very much, but you know tons of people do. But the <laughs> the problem is is I'm not trying to talk trash about you know my job. I love my job, loveish my job, <laughs> and um. I'm thankful for my job, but federal federal jobs, for every dollar we spend, we get 50% of the results, right? Because there's no incentive, mm -hmm. right? We just blow money, and we don't, we're not utilizing it correctly because we have no cost-benefit cost, um, analysis kind of situation. Well, you're dissecting a different beast, the, the VHA yeah. system. Well, it's the federal system. It's right. the federal and system. The federal, the federal, system, the federal people who work for people who are the elites, which is yeah. the federal people. Yeah. And unfortunately, we know we're part of that. Yeah. Um, we are. We get the best of everything, and we give up nothing. Yeah. And so, when you know, when it comes to immigration, that's another thing um, that I would like to see happen is that um, the immigrants who go through the legal process are allowed to participate in the um, health care um, that, you know, U.S. citizens participate in. Because, and I will tell you why. So this is the experience I've had with my parents. I've initiated their green card proceeding. And so in the process, you know, while they're sitting here waiting on this, while the COVID resolves and the government starts to work in full tilt because everything has been delayed by the COVID, um, you know, they cannot have the same health insurance um, that most Americans take advantage of. Like, the, the whatever insurance meets the criteria of, of ACA, the Affordable Care Act insurance. So they, they are excluded from that process because they're not yet green card holders. And so even though, let's say, they could purchase it, they are financially savvy to be able to do that, they are excluded from it by the fact that they're not yet uh, green card holders. Mm, and right. so in 
what, what they're left with is the temporary plans that don't even cover pre-existing conditions. Um, and so most of the time, we have to use the self-pay system. So okay. they have to go and pay out of pocket. And what ends up happening, um, you know, the, the doctors don't get the benefit of uh, charging the insurance the full price. Mm, okay. So the doctors, the providers do not benefit from that, really. Um, the immigrants who have to wait on, on uh, the green card or citizenship or whatever, but in this case, the green card, they really are uh, a big liability because if something bad happens, they have to go to the hospital with an emergent need. Then what happens? Who's going to cover the entirety of that cost? Um, I'm sure the hospital would have to negotiate some something, some kind of payment. Mm -hmm. But a lot of times, um, this type of system leaves the medical providers and hospitals out of the normal reimbursement they would be getting. Mm -hmm. And that's another thing that I would like to see happen, you know, that while people go through this process, um, you know, of again, being show, demonstrating their law abiding, right. they are following the letter of the law, they are uh, providing documentation, they are paying money for that process, that they should be given um, a little bit of a, a advantage by being able to at least participate in the healthcare exchange and, and be able to take advantage of it while they're waiting. Okay. Uh, I, want, I wanted to bring up real quick here, um, just a couple, you know, again, since we have you here, we'll <laughs> utilize you. Um, so this is uh, according to, you know, the Soviet concept of human rights and legal system. Yeah, according People, to Wikipedia. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So we've, we've you got know. you here, so. Yeah. yeah. Um, so it says the, co the Soviet conception of human rights was very different from uh, conceptions prevalent in the West. According to the mm -hmm. Soviet legal theory, it is the government who is the beneficiary of human rights, which mm -hmm. are to be asserted against the individual, whereas mm -hmm. Western law claimed the opposite. The Soviet state was considered as the source of human rights. Therefore, the Soviet legal system regarded law as an arm of politics and courts as agencies of the government. Mm -hmm. uh, extensive extrajudiciary powers were given to the Soviet secret police agencies. Mm -hmm. The Soviet government, in practice, significantly curbed the rule of law, civil liberties, protection of law, and guarantees of property, which were considered as examples of the Borgorius uh, morality by the Soviet law theorists such as Andrei uh, Vyshinsky. Uh -huh. According to Vladimir Lenin, the purpose of the socialist courts was not to eliminate terror, but to substantiate it and legitim legitimize it in principle. Sorry, Shannon, took your seat. Um, give your seat right back. We're just kind of going over the uh, legal aspects of human rights for the Soviet Union. Um, so so it's, it's actually uh, in the Soviet area was kind of the opposite of how it is presented here, you would say, from from that right there? Do you think that's correct? Um, well, unfortunately, I'm not a legal oh, scholar, okay. so okay. Um, I can only, again... Come on now. <laughs> Come on now. You know what's going on, girl. <laughs> so I will tell you again from the personal experience. Right. So luckily for me, I've only grabbed the very end of the Soviet uh, era. Right, right. Um, but it still had long-lasting effects. That's what I'm yes, saying. It's like, you, you know, it didn't change very much. Um, in some ways it did. I think it morphed into a uh, slightly worse beast than it was initially. <laughs> well, that's good. Um, but I will tell you just from my 
average life, you know, average Russian. Um, my great aunt, she was a big, she was a staunch communist and an atheist as well. So uh, early on in life, I learned that if you want to keep your family, you don't discuss politics and faith. Oh, right. <laughs> so right. that was the first thing. Unless okay. you're raised the same. See, that's the problem is the United States is there's the different generations have been raised differently. Yes. And, you know, um, I remember that I was, I had a wonderful history teacher and he would usually tell us during our class, you know, now students, you've got to put your pencils or your pens down. And what it meant, it was a euphemism for don't record any of what I'm going to say because right. this is going to go against what you're supposed to be taught. That's awesome. And, um, and he, he was the one who actually started, um, started me is this guy dead now <laughs> i don't know i don't <laughs> I feel know. like they they they, they <laughs> he, disappeared he was, he was in his um early 70s then so oh I mean, he probably oh, just died okay. of natural causes i hope so yeah. but um you know he, he not was, now he, <laughs> <laughs> he which i'm not telling any names yeah. so, right right um he I, was the one who really uh instilled some liberal views in me i guess as a liberal as far as um you're talking about libertarian. 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 And, and even so, liberal. Well, liberal, liberal as far as United States terms is liberal right. is progressivism, and which is not the same. Well, um, the, all the classical sense of liberalism is less government, more individual responsibility. Right. But I think that it was a mixture in that yeah. in that case because anything that was not communist. Right. It was already considered liberal, libertarian, whatever you name it. Which is that's true. Right. <laughs> yeah, then no, you're right. Okay, so but that's that's against what we're so, saying. So liberal in terms of the United States is liberal is more government. Yeah. Liberal is in terms of communism. Progressivism. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, it's yes. Anything that was anti communist. Yeah. It, it was basically That's funny. It it's it's so backwards right. here, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So our last subject that I want uh -huh. to talk about is uh you write down benefits of, of locals or uh, local community benefits from mm -hmm. immigrants to a local community. Tell us tell us about that. Yeah, so and again I derive a lot of uh what I talk about from my experience or mm -hmm. experience of my friends. Um so I hear a lot of criticism um, in my current role, professional role, and also um, just random people might ask, you know, you know, mm. you're Russian, you know, you got here, you're stealing my job, or, you know, <laughs> uh, yeah, guilty as charged. Yeah. Guilty as charged. I, I get to hear that a lot, you know. You, Took you, my job. Yeah, you, you know, Took you, your job. you immigrants come over here, why can't you just uh, stay where you are? <laughs> Make that place great again, you know. I wish, I wish Mara, I... Mara, make Russia great again. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I wish I personally could, yeah. um, but I can't. I mean, if I, if I could, good. I would. Right. Um, but the thing is, you know, like examining where I was a few years ago and, um, you know, before I got into nursing career and uh, I had to rely on my ex-husband and obviously things didn't work out between us. Um, but in terms of economic benefit, mm -hmm. I just knew that I could not be um, somebody who depended on a U.S. citizen. I knew I wanted to have a job of my own, income of my own. Mm -hmm. And, you know, in, in terms of where we are today, I don't, I'm not trying to call my ex a loser, but I guess I am. <laughs> Um, <laughs> I think we'd all call our exes losers. <laughs> but you know, in terms of where we are today, except for you, you know, Shannon. 
I said everyone's losers. Everyone's ex is a loser. I'm not going to say John's a loser. So, so but, you know, in terms Great of where guy. we are today. Right. Um, <laughs> she said he was earlier. You know, I have a steady income. Uh, provide for my family. Uh, there's no, no need for me to go rob a bank right. or kill somebody to be to be a provider. And, um, you know, good. I own a place. So, you know, right. I, there's no need for me to commit any crimes to provide right. for my family. And, you know, my ex is still renting a place and still earning under the table, whatever. It, 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 and it, I think he's on welfare. Again, it, it comes back to, you know, the <laughs> American principle. The most important right. thing that people effing miss is that it's not the American principles is not everyone gets the best things. Right. It's that it doesn't matter where you come from. You get what you put into it. Right. And, you know, regardless, you know, if we all, if every single one of us at this table said, I'm going to devote 10 hours a day to studying, mm -hmm. we could be, you know, leader, leader of, you know, Harvard Medical School or whatever, whatever, uh, you know, equivalent to that you know the right. same same kind of level of yeah. whatever right. but we balance that out mm -hmm. with life and our own our own right. desires and our right. own right. you know laziness right. and but, but all these things but other countries you can't do that right. like if you right. talk that's that's why this that's why this is the best country on the planet exactly and you know I'm, I'm gonna get yeah. my uncle on here and he he just started a uh, restaurant business in morristown dude we and, gotta go down there and eat too bro yeah we gotta go down. <laughs> we should go down there and eat maybe <laughs> maybe we could film it there that'd be awesome um and uh the thing is, is you know he's from egypt right, right? Mm -hmm. he just came back and uh He's like, you know, I've got this one last shot because they've always opened open businesses to mm. open a business here, yeah. make money, go back. Yeah. And uh, he just opened a new restaurant. It's in Morristown, if, if anyone's watching this. Mm -hmm. um, it's called Moe's Falafel House. Mm. And I don't really like falafel, but this stuff is off the chain. <laughs> and it's totally... are awesome. What's yeah. wrong with you? Well, <laughs> you know, usually it's like a hush puppy, right? It's really and, dry and, and, and crunchy. Yeah. yeah, but this is like... He makes it to order, uh, you know, I wrapped several hundred grape leaf, uh, right, you know, the, the rice grape leaf things. Yeah. This is different. This is totally different. The ones that you've eaten here are not even on the same plane of existence. All right, you're making me hungry. hungry. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, we'll go, we'll go there and yeah. get, we'll get, we'll go yeah. there and get, maybe we'll bring it back and yeah. bring it back. Yeah. For everyone. Well, um, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Shout out to um, yeah. Who incidentally yeah. is sponsoring this? Yeah, most <laughs> <laughs> is sponsoring this. Crispy donuts. Um, but uh, <laughs> falafel donuts. Um, <laughs> tell you, thank you so much for coming yeah, on. No, and okay. I know we would definitely like to have you back on because yeah. I mean you're definitely very vocal as yeah. you, as you are at work also yeah. uh, about <laughs> your opinion. That's yes, a compliment. It is a compliment. No, because you know. A lot of people that we would have, you know, have their business there and not yeah, going to no, tell us exactly what you think. I just, uh, I just want to say thanks. Uh, <laughs> you know, you are the epitome of the American dream. I mean, you know, it takes a lot of courage, you know, a lot of hard work. I mean, you know, it's just like, you know, you just have a lot of admirable qualities. And I appreciate that. And, you. you know, I thank you um, for just being who you are, man. So. You just come come back. I, I like like I'm saying. You know, we want you to come back. Um, everybody, whenever uh, you want to. So, yeah, you know, we, I mean, you're and, me. yeah, anytime you want to come on, you you. I'm sure you we've can join in the conversation. Right here. You <laughs> okay. can bring someone. You can bring someone else. Yeah. And then we've got actually we've actually got we've got like plug ups for several mics. So yeah, we yeah, can man. do we can do all kinds of stuff. That's right. Um, we can have Cure on here. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm saying. 
you know. That yeah. was remarkable. <laughs> <to hear. laughs> so she, yeah. so, um, so where she stays at whenever she's with my mom is at the flower shop. Yeah. Uh, that my mom runs, and <laughs> at the flower shop they have uh, they have their own. She has her own chair, yeah. and she'll she'll sit there and stare at you if you sit in her chair in her. <laughs> right. It's an office chair. Right. She'll sit there and stare at you, and she's like. Yeah. Well, everybody, everybody uh, I want to remind you of Tennessee stands. If you're a patriot, if it's you love a, America, the website is tricities okay. dot Tennessee spelled out mm -hmm. stands dot org. Awesome. Also on Facebook, there's I there's two different Facebook affiliations. There's tri this Tri Cities branch, and then there's also right the, right. the major one. Everybody get to know your uh, next congressman, Matt Macram. So uh, hopefully, don't... Congressman, we'll see. <laughs> uh, you know, June, uh, July sixth um, at Calvary Chapel. Chapel. Mm -hmm. That's over in the Tree Street, off of Locust Street. Yeah. So there's going to be a meeting there. Um, want everyone to show up. People, it doesn't have you have to be a member of the church. You don't have to be a member of the organization. It, right. You just have to care about care about country. this country. You know, yeah. care about each other. Local organization, right. uh, conservatism, and conservatism in terms of we're not. You know, I hate when people are like, well, it's a tr tr tradition, tradition. No, conservatism, as far as the Constitution, conserving the Constitution, that's right. all I That's all I care about. I don't, you know, any other decisions you make inside of that box, that's fine. You do what you want. But that's conservatism, okay? Conserving the Constitution. Right. Right? So, uh, you know, everybody, as I always say, love your neighbor, you know, talk to your neighbor. If people don't agree with you, you don't have to treat them badly. You just smack them in the face yeah. like they did to Macron. That's right. That's right. Uh, but say, yeah. so just just another quick thing. Um, everyone like and subscribe our, right. to our YouTube. Right. We are on um, Spotify you know, also. On Spotify and uh, also check out my my campaign website. You'll find links to everything here also. Uh, dot vote. Um, I'm on LinkedIn. We're at, like he said, we're on Spotify. Right. We're on YouTube. Right. Spread it. Spread the word. No TikToks. Maybe we should do TikTok. Ah, no know. way, bro. I'm not doing no it. No way, man. No, I will say. It's still a Chinese company. I thought Trump said, you know, Oracle had to buy them out or something I'm like that. Sure, it's, bro. Not, it's not happening. I'm not sure, man. But, no. but everybody, we will see you next time. Thanks, everybody. Thank you.